Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe podcast family that is spelled B-L-E-A-V. That is the name of the network. Uh, that is not my choice. I didn't name the network, and I didn't add the network name to my podcast, making the podcast name Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. And man, you know, if anyone thinks that's a catchy acronym, let me know. Email me at the Comedy Bureau Gmail, not Believe at the Comedy Bureau gmail but uh that would be nice to know but i really wanted to be called the comedy bureau field report anyways enough of that and on to this week's amazing guest co-manager of the yard theater a new ish home for a cool weird comedy the sort of thing i see a lot uh and i in you know as a result spending a lot of time at this place Please give it up for Brett Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. No problem. Yeah. How is it going on this sunny Los Angeles day, Brett? It's great. It's going great. I'm uh, I'm here at home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of cool. Uh, and things are stable. The engines are stable. That's a huge win. Stable? Stable. Yeah. Wow. Stable. No, stable is in this in this in this world, in this field, stable's as good as uh you know lucrative or incredible stable yes. is you know what i mean stable is successful is is successful because i definitely remember the yard theater which is an acronym by the way it was a young actors repertory something dramatics yep yep Originally, yep um john ennis uh took it from being the fake gallery into the yard theater i don't know five years ago something like that yep yep and uh, I, it was when lockdown happened. That was what it was one of the first places, like along with a handful of other small theaters around town. That was like, oh my god, is this gonna like die? All these are gonna die, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. And like through the miracle of teaching acting classes on Zoom, <laughs> right, right, and a, and an, and an eviction ban. We <laughs> we've stayed open. The doors have stayed open. Yeah. So sure. what is this? What what is the state of the yard? And uh, you know how how are you? Uh, how's it going on your end on the uh, on a day to day? Yeah, I mean it's it's um we've come a long way, baby. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah, like you said, like right, you know, I got involved just a bit before pandemic, and um, and then when pandemic came, there wasn't a lot going on. Like we were they were doing shows, couple a week, mm-hmm. um, just there wasn't a lot going on there. And, uh, looking at the numbers, it was like, guys, I don't think we can, I don't know if we can afford, I, like I went to John and, and, uh, Frank was Frank Fairfield was helping out at the time and mm-hmm. kind of being like, I don't know if we can afford to not be operating during this time. Mm-hmm. And, um, thankfully they brought a friend of Frank's, this woman named Megan Lee, who's, um, just like a, a restaurant or general manager type. So kind of knows that side of things, the accounting mm-hmm. and the like rebranding side of things a little better. She came in and, um, you know, kind of gave us, gave us, you know, we got a new logo and kind of like a whole campaign of like, keep their doors open. This is a, this is a special place. Um, and, uh, and since then, you know, back in last, this previous September, we kind of got actual shows going up again. Um, 
and and it's we've really we've come a long way and that's you know that's that's um I can't, I can't be appreciative enough. I can't really can't what a kind of special place it is. And um, also, my one of my co-managers, Isaac Landford, had moved out here from Indianapolis, and he's um, has a lot of venue experience, and he's been great. And really, at this point, we've been able to shift from just being a DBA, John Ennis, to now a fully nonprofit five hundred one c three. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's uh, and and you know we're just the margins are slim. They are mm-hmm. slim, uh, mm-hmm. for sure. But right. we're um, we're staying in the black. Past couple months, we've with ever paying off all the paying down producers, paying out you know the staff tech, and then that's uh, amazing. Rent. In the I know. black, wow. Yeah. Are you? I mean, is that like legitimately in the black, or is there like back rent that you have to pay? Oh, there's yeah, there's a lot of where uh, as of two months ago, the rent the the rent the payment plan was bumped up, so we're sort of paying back rent in a half now. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, even with that rent repayment, we're, we're in the, we're in the black. I mean, granted, this is alongside the staff, like besides tech, sort of us producers and, and, uh, you know, bookers and managers, it's, it's, it's change. We're getting, we're paying ourselves, you know, pennies, <laughs> pennies on the dollar, uh, right. month to month. And, um, that's really the next big push. And that, I mean, that for me, at least it's like that. I really want to be able to, cause Isaac's really, he does a lot of this grunt work. I'm, I mean, I'm there around a lot. I'm, I was able to kind of be there in that pivotal moment, but um, just for the folks who are really putting a lot of that time in, that's our next big goal is how do we get them actually something livable um, right. instead of just uh, piecemeal. Yes. Yes. Cause it's not comedy as an industry. You know, I mean, like even, you know, we've <laughs> I've had guests on this podcast that have even sort of tried to reimagine, re-understand the idea of like having comedy as a career and what that means and the sort of um, limiting expectations that that can have sometimes because of what we've been shown in the past. And, you know, you could do other things and also do stand up or mm-hmm. sketch or, you know, I mean, <laughs> The Yard, I will say is one of the few comedy theaters that has stand-up sketch improv and also a play they did a run of a play Mm -hmm. uh it is very weird to me that plays stage productions are live performance and there is comedy stuff in that regard Mm -hmm. and yet it seems like a world that's as distant as sports from comedy (laughs) yeah yeah certainly i mean i do think that's i think that's actually a oddly and it's and it's 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 through john it's the fact that like it's john ennis's theater and you know he's like he's a he's a born and born you know from the from the jump comedy guy like when you know was met david cross at 17 and then being best buds through emerson and cross doing cross comedy together and all these things but you know he he moved into acting comedy acting and and was you know acting teaching at stella adler and and stuff and so the fact that there's this is they've developed this sort of repertory in-house um, at what is, you know, two-thirds of the time, a all-out kind of no-holds-barred, let's try stuff from the known to the completely unknown comedy theater. There's also this, like, strong, this this vein of, uh, of you know, acting acting coaching and comedy coaching and stage skills and, um, you know, again, the, the repertory of, like, a play, like the, the, the Sedaris play that we were doing for several months um it's a it's something that's something distinctive and it's like 
as in the same way that it sort of takes up blocks of time on the schedule that we're like, well, we can't book a show then and the rehearsal, that kind of thing. It's also like it's it's also sort of a killer app. It's a it's a it's a unique feature of the place. Right. Right. Um, is wait. So with the theater, the, so, you know, you guys can follow at what to see what's up at the theater. <laughs> The Yard Theater, T E H A T H E A T E R, The Yard Theater. Uh, no, all, is that the, your handles on all the things? Yep. The Yard, right. yep, the yard Theater, yep, theyardtheater.com. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like, on, uh, do you guys get like, um, you know, you, there's like rehearsal space? Do people like, you know, use it to shoot things for movies and TV? And like, I mean, I'm just intri- intrigued by, like you know like you said you guys are in the black what are you guys doing to stay in the black i'm assuming it's not just shows for sure yeah no definitely um uh shoots you know shoots shoots during days or during blocks of time is a big thing so music you have a beautiful curtain yeah exactly it's that that's the thing is it's sort of it's that it's the um it has a classic there's like it's got a classic look with the stage and the curtain um some of the seating so it's really uh people who are looking for that it's mm-hmm. it really uh, fulfills that. So, like a decent amount of music videos or short films um, have will do shoots in the space, and that that goes along. Honestly, those those especially for longer shoots, though, those will help. Um, those help help cover the rent and, and things like that. Um, uh, that's a big so that's a big part of it. Those kind of shoots. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, rehearse sometimes. Sometimes people do rehearsals. Takes rent out little blocks of time to rehearse. Um, but I think that. Uh, I think it's fun because it's sort of it has people will use it. Uh, sometimes they'll use it be like I want to shoot a classic looking thing or sort of like I'm a dancer and I want to have uh, the classic backdrop. But then it's also like uh, it'll people will use it to be like I'm on a classic stage and it'll be like you know uh, uh, something edgy or like a hip hop music video and it'll be like I want to have this classic looking setting for this unconventional use right. of it. And I feel like that's sort of also the fun part about getting the weird shows in and the clown shows in. Is like right. it's a classic look, and the person's having you know having their, a, a comedy freak out on stage. Oh yeah, uh, I mean some of the things that the yard has had that's definitely been out there. Again, it's a very classic looking stage. Somebody, Dana Colucci, uh, did an amazing makeup job, or had somebody do an amazing makeup to seem like a like a like a a, a sexy. Um, uh, Christmas demon oh why yes. oh Krampus Krampus yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. and did a whole like variety shows Krampus mm-hmm. and uh well, I mean also around that time Jensen and Jensen Titus and Chelsea Morgan were Grinches right yep they did that yeah. they they grow, created that uh, Grinch show so they did a couple nights of that yeah what uh, what, are, what are the what are some of the other more out there things that you guys have done well recently we had a show uh that that definitely took us some unpacking with the producer so because we'll have we'll have in-house shows we'll have like yard theater shows and then yeah. we also have people who will rent sort of rent a slot mm-hmm. uh and put on a show and that's sort of um like we'll support it but it's it's less like this is one of our house shows or this is one of our um right. you know in-house ones um somebody had a hook that the the shtick was however the comics interpreted interpreted it they were required to masturbate on stage oh yeah that was the the ck show right yes yes so that took definitely some like uh uh (laughs) digging in with that producer of like all right we need a little more detail here what's the what's the what's the setup 
Um, I remember on the Eventbrite uh, when it came out, it had that. And then I think I checked it two days later and you added like a disclaimer that means like there will actually not be any actual sexual acts at this show. Yeah, we were like, it's it will it is these are not comedians doing sex acts. These are comedians uh, doing comedy that is sexual in nature. Just to be like, just to be like, we are we're not a sex club. Just right. sort of uh, clar clarify, you know, uh, signifiers there. Because you do need other permitting for that. Exactly. No, exactly. In that case was any of the listeners didn't know that you do need that. Exactly. And uh, and the funny is sort of like. It's like it's okay. It's like for stuff, stuff going crazy again. Like that's the thing is like, um, something you know, a clown show. Something's like somebody getting naked isn't that happens. You know what I mean? Or that sort of thing, or showing a little whatever. Right. But it's almost like it's in the flow versus a show being set up with that more explicit setup, more a straightforward right. setup. It's more like, ironically, now this is the one that we got to be like, oh, let me make, let's make something clear, just because right. it's built into the description. Right. I remember. There's a, I think her name is Betty Grumble. She is this performance artist, I believe, from Australia. And she's like comedy adjacent, you know, clown adjacent, I would say. But um, she did this show that I, it was like almost like invite only at the Lyric Hyperion. This is like five years ago, maybe. And, uh, and it was like, it started at midnight and Lyric never does midnight shows or never mm. did. Well, okay. it definitely won't now, I don't think. But um, <laughs> right. but they, Betty, like, did a thing where she, like, um, did a handstand and then had somebody stick a flower in there. Wow. Okay. And, but she did all this preamble that was like, all right, so technically, okay, this isn't, like, really a sex act. But under the legal letter of the law, this technically is. So everybody, be cool. Yeah. Yes. No. Exactly. That was <clears throat> that's similar to the the host of the CK show. He was like just saying he was like if anyone if masturbation does end up happening, that is not part of the show. That's something that this person is doing outside of the permitted bounds of the show. Like yeah. Like that. Like well, it's funny too because like back in Boston they have or in, in a couple of the cities or that they have the naked comedy showcase mm -hmm. where all the standups are perform fully nude. Mm -hmm. And when I was doing it in Cambridge, it was the rules were like the city rules were for them to do it where uh they had to come out naked so they couldn't get undressed on stage mm -hmm. they couldn't touch the audience right. and they couldn't get paid were the three criteria uh -huh. um that to get the to get the okay to do the show right, right. that order is weird <laughs> i mean i don't like the not getting paid thing definitely but like the touching thing should be first yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, right. Let's make that set that up 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 top. The host would make edible brownies, so he kind of paid us in in narcotics, but uh, right. you know, unofficially. Um, yeah, they should. I didn't know they need to list us in the rules, but also one guy was banned from the show forever because he put his uh, penis in the mic stand, which right. is 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 while well, you know creative is a makes sense as a bannable offense. Right, 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 right. I was looking at we did um, a couple of we've like we've done we did a run of the uh, goth jokes show with Brody yeah. Reed so that was all mm -hmm. kind of goth themed um, yeah uh, Paul Schlesinger and Rachel uh, uh, Rachel Ho did um, a no talking show so it was just mm -hmm. movement and sound effects and like audience feedback cool uh, S secrets of Hollywood SFX was that one oh um, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
uh and then it's been cool to do these you know it's it's uh obviously like like and we're actually working on uh building up more time blocks for uh people to develop stuff work in progress shows like I mean, right. we're, we're, zach zucker we're gonna... who is more famously known as jack tucker of stamp town mm-hmm, is work mm-hmm. in progress yep. i think john norris has done john norris did, yep and so actually we're working with john and we're going to have sort of a run of sunday like afternoon slots that'll be for different people to to plug in instead of being like one-off stuff yeah and we're i'm really excited about that yeah that's awesome i would like to hear more of how you came into uh john ennis's world and you're now sort of an integral part of the yard in a bit but how about some comedy news brett yeah i'm ready yeah and i i feel like that that tone and delivery is uh is just cognizant of the fact that there is a big news story as things legitimately reopen you might want to i don't know go out and if you go out you might want to feel and look your best and you know by proxy take your health into your own hands And that's why you might want to look into Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health and their life for good. They use a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on the Noom platform to help millions of folks meet their personal health goals. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique uh lord knows that not everyone can do two or three workouts a day and what works for you isn't you know necessarily what's going to work for you know anybody else and that's why noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle it's flexible focuses on your progress and not trying to be perfect uh allowing you to work towards goals at pace that's comfortable for you Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom Weight users finish the program. More than 60% of users that engage with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash believe. Again, that's Noom. N-O-O-M dot com slash believe. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V. That's, you know, it just broke uh, as of last night. During Netflix is a joke. Fast, uh, Dave Chappelle played the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, and in this particular evening, a... Uh, 23-year-old man uh, charged the stage and tackled Dave, apparently with a replica gun that would not fire rounds, but um, allegedly, as of what I've read, details are still emerging, uh, could shoot out a knife or a knife would eject from where the barrel was, which seems almost like a joke gun, but then not because it's still a weapon. and uh, yeah, Dave was not hurt. The, the man was apprehended and arrested. Um, of course, the, we're only a few weeks away from the slap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I even need to explain who and what happened. I don't feel like I do. And uh, this is going to call into question 
I, again, I think a projected fear of comedians being attacked on stage, which is, I kind of find strange because like, you know, I'll, visibly this might seem like a out of nowhere incident, but you know, people have gotten rowdy at shows ever since live comedy was the thing. <laughs> um, you know, I think the curious thing to me um, because Jamie Foxx came up after the incident and they had a sort of discussion and Jamie said something to the effect of, uh, oh, I thought it was a bit. And a lot of people said the same of Will Smith coming to slap Chris Rock because they were like, oh, I all thought it was a bit. Have we all been normalized too much by the Eric Andre show? <laughs> Is this the problem with comedy today? Too many yeah. people have been watching clips of Eric Andre on YouTube. And you're like, yeah, yeah, it's a bit. They're not hurt. <laughs> right. I do think I agree. It's sort of, I do feel like it's a projective fear. I, I I feel like I feel like it's more likely someone just Dave as a you know, as a more recent lightning rod of controversy and mm -hmm. and you know, his comments and stuff like I feel like that's more likely than like someone being a copycat, the copycat uh slapper with this yeah. knife. Right. Uh, right. In fact, I feel like more comedians did bits about the slap than ever got slapped, actually. By far. Um, oh, it, it, the excess is uh, it's huge. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, that's the thing, too. It's like it's so interesting because there's also that perspective. Have you noticed that like people who do less comedy, see less comedy, they feel like hecklers are, are dwells are such a big thing in their head. It's mm -hmm. like one of the first questions I feel like sometimes comedians will be asked, like, well, how do you deal with hecklers? And it's like. Mm -hmm. They come up, but it's not it's not like skill number two you have to learn. Like no. it's so infrequent. And in fact, most audiences, especially in when you're not in just a bar show and mm -hmm. somebody can like throw something over their shoulder from the bar, most yeah. shows audience are terrified to right. talk or interact. Yeah, absolutely. And in most interactions, if someone's getting chatty, uh I mean, I'll say like be would you please be quiet? Other comics might be a little more stern, but usually that's all that's needed to for them to shut up. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. doesn't really go far, much further than that. But yeah. I think there's this edification of this sort of like comedian destroys heckler video mm. that makes people kind of like relish in that experience or look for it some, sometimes. Yes, yes. Or, and, but, and even then it's like, it's usually it's not like heckler, um, you know, uh, heckler disagrees with premise. It's like drunk person, <laughs> drunk person wants to talk, wants to make a show about them. You know, it's not it's not like the motivation, like the, oh. the slap is its own is a whole nother thing than mm -hmm. like the context for that happening than any right. sort of most almost all heckler situations. They're not right. like a husband marching on stage because you're razzing on his wife you know it's usually right, one right, of them right, right. but i will say like if somebody came on stage at the yard hmm. given like what you guys normally do i feel like oh yeah it would be a bit i totally would assume that <laughs> yes yeah i think that's for sure like oh audience plant okay great let's yeah. see where this goes so that's what i wonder with like i don't know are people gonna have to wear sandwich boards as audience plants now like this is a bit <laughs> Oh, like almost like to keep other audience members who don't know from like being like, don't stop that man, like that kind of thing. Or so the yeah. so people don't get don't get frightened uh, when they're on stage, you know, mm -hmm. other comics. Mm -hmm. 
so I wonder, I mean, I'm curious to see mm -hmm. then what mm -hmm. ends up being the, why, if we can, if we even ever find out mm -hmm. why this dude rushed the stage. I mean, it could have just been also like, so, you know, insane, you know, like, you know, a, a, a Lennon moment of like right. super fan loses, you know, you know, get goes, goes a little nuts. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I I am curious because all right. So if you guys are still mad at Dave for things he says about trans people, you know, a great way to not get him to change his mind is attacking him on stage. Yeah, yeah. No, let's make him a let's make him a unscathed martyr. That'll really help our cause. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll really have him be like, huh? You know, maybe I was wrong. Right. Right. I'm completely fine and people feel sorry for me. Yeah. Something needs to change. Right. Right. <laughs> um, you know, so do, do you have any, like what, what perspective does this give you in your sort of daily operations at the yard? Or like, do you see anything changing? Like maybe they'll have more security at like the store or the improv or something. I mean, it seems like it's it's different. There's there's different reaction, like the slap. I feel like there was, you know, and there was a certain immediate response. And I feel like in places for places like with, you know, the stand in New York or something that have more of this sort of like, uh, you know, vaguely, you know, uh, cancel culture is destroying comedy kind of uh types a little bit like that kind of right. that that crew had a had a stronger reaction of like we right. have this is why we have to defend comedy right. and while others very quickly were like y'all y'all look just look kind of dumb having this reaction yeah so so i could see you know i mean there might either either um either as like genuinely mm -hmm. or as maybe a reason to be like feel like our work is more sacred you know maybe some of these places maybe some of these clubs will be more strict about um how they let people in or or you know um you know what i mean like there's a certain um if you know it, so for, i think i think for some people if you give them the chance to feel more valiant about what they do they'll take it and um so so i can see that there might be some of that i, I think i think of places like that are not clubs um that people have to little seek out seek out the stuff a little more than just sort of like you know wash ashore like you can at a club you know uh <clears throat> wander in tourist tourist their way in um i don't i don't see at least for the at least so far and based mm -hmm. on this thing and just what i was just reading about it like i don't i don't think it'll have <clears throat> too big of a difference but um right. it might it might be a second like mm -hmm. two strikes and maybe if there's a third thing then some of these other institutions might be like, all right, we got to do something a little more cautious. Yeah. I do think it's wild. So it's at the Hollywood Bowl, which is a massive venue out in LA and it's outdoors. And like, it's not like you can necessarily just, you know, hop on stage, you know? Right. There, there are barriers there. Are and like, that, so that is, that's a, I don't think that's like a comedy specific thing. That's more like, how the hell did the Hollywood Bowl let that happen? You know, that, that's a great question. That is like how, he got all the way there. He got all the way to Chappelle. Yeah. So yeah, who, how did he get that? That what? Yeah, you know, at the know, yard. What, not yeah. not that I'm encouraging it, but it's very easy to get on sure. stage. Yeah, if, if anything, exactly. Half the time, the person will be like, "Oh, great! This this will make my bit more interesting." Oh, they have a <laughs> fake gun. Okay, this is not. <laughs> <laughs> 
I I do want to say it would be really funny to do a sketch where it's called or Heckler Disagrees with Premise. <laughs> it's just like, they're like, nah, I don't know that that logically works out. And then they just debate and they're like, well put. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. I don't, know, I don't know about that leap. You kind of went from the first to the third step there. Do you mind uh, filling in the gap? Oh, now I understand how you made the leap. Great. Anyway, right. continue to that. Yeah, I'm satisfied now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I will not talk anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. It's almost like that. Uh, it's like it's like those shows that have the comedians interrupting on stage and they'll be like, wait, but now it's just the heckler in the audience being like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, we're jumping around here a little bit. Uh, I'll get this story in. Um, so the teaser trailer for uh, Weird, the Al Yankovic story, dropped yesterday, uh, which stars Daniel Radcliffe. It's a Roku original, uh, you know, and Daniel Radcliffe is in a fro, and he's has an accordion, and they're saying that he's Weird Al. Like a buff Weird Al, I might add. Uh, that's not how I remember Weird Al. Am I crazy? No, you're not, Jake. No, you're not. You're not what? crazy. That, that's been that's been. I agree because like I, I was just uh, two weeks ago. I was out with people and I was like, "Oh, did you hear Daniel Radcliffe? Like, Weird Al came up." And you're like, "Did you hear Daniel?" And everyone's like, "What, Daniel Rack? What? No way!" And then we, I pulled up. We pulled up some photos and like the original, like the first release photo. It's like an artistic sort of like from the side shot. And you're like, oh, that looks kind of cool. And yeah. then you see pictures of him on set. And you're like, oh, Danny Radcliffe in a wig. Like, you're like, that's, this is not, it's not, he doesn't have like, I, you know, I believe and I, I, I think Danny Radcliffe seems like a cool person. Right. <laughs> and right, right. a quality performer. Yes. So I think it's like, I would like to think that he could find a way to embody uh, Reed Al. But yeah. let's just look and I am like, this is, you, you know, you look you look like you haven't struggled enough to be the man that he had to be to become to be the man he became. Right. I mean, until I mean, honestly, until like 10 years ago, outside of his fan base, like a lot of people thought of Weird Al's like a dork, you know? Mm hmm. Great. <laughs> with reason. With lots of <laughs> with plenty of reason, you know? Yeah, it's not like and it's not. Like Al was trying to dispel that myth, you know? Of course. Yeah. If anything, it's like it's like he he stayed in that pocket so long. Yeah. He like he aged from dork to statesman or you know, like to dork from dork to dork statesman. Right. One of his original songs, one of the few original songs when it with Dr. Demento is literally called Dare to Be Stupid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was I literally was gonna say the guy who made Dare to Be Stupid is is not uh is not shying away from that. I was a big Weird Al head, by the way, growing up, because oh, yeah? I was a raised religious, like evangelical kid, mm -hmm. and so f bit general radio listening and secular mm -hmm. mm, secular music was kind of frowned on. Mm -hmm. But weirdly, nice Weird Al, totally fine. It was the joke. He's it was like fun of secular music. Is that yeah, what? Yeah, or it was. I think it was just it was joke music. It wasn't that okay. it was like mocking the songs, but it was like, oh, it's he's playing because he's right. playing. He's not actually being like you know, think about premarital or, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, being like, um, I'm out partying in the, in the club. And so, you know, he's not espousing those beliefs. He's, he's, right. he's parodying them. 
uh, but ironically, that made me learn all these songs. So okay. it's like it's like it's like a. I used to say in this a bit, I have a, it'd be like a, getting pulled over by a cop, and like he takes the coke, he takes the weed, but he leaves the acid tabs because they have smiley faces on them. Like that's okay because that's a joke. Like, and then I would go to a restaurant, hear the song playing, and be like, I know all these, I know this whole song, but the lyrics are just you know they're fat instead of bad. Right. I had clearance to to listen to Weird Al for that mm-hmm. reason alone. So wow, that's so funny. Yeah, it's so yeah. I with the Christian folks were like, this this is fine. This is that's all right. So it I saw him like concert a and went with my somehow. parents. To what? It feels like a loophole somehow. No, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's a complete. It's a complete. I still and I so I had to hear a whole all sorts of genres of music, you know, different artists. Uh, and then I was I was like you know I got a I got a, a distorted education in pop music. Right. <laughs> So you heard like a surgeon before like a virgin. Is that what I'm completely exactly? Yeah. No, no. I would all these songs would be in a TGF Fridays or Bennigan's or something, and I'd be like, oh, like you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, or you know, his because you know he'd have the polka medley on each album that was not a parody, but it'd have clips of all these different songs. So, mm-hmm. like the first the first Weird Al cassette my brother got was Polka Party. So it had mm-hmm. like um, uh, Sledgehammer mm-hmm. and. Uh, and like, just I'd be like, I'd be like, cause, and he would, Weird Al would sing a sped up version of each of the songs, and it'd be like, oh, wait, I know, bumper car bumping, this amusement never ends, and mm-hmm. I wanna be, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know this, I know the song, like, <laughs> but his version. Right, right, right. Um, so, anyway, so, so Radcliffe, so Radcliffe feels like, yeah, yeah I believe in him as a performer, but, but like, yeah, I don't know, give me somebody, somebody wayfish, you know what I mean? Radcliffe's yeah. small, but, you know. Uh huh. Yeah, like who? Who? Like who, a Ron who, Weasley, the guy who played Ron Weasley, even you know somebody like that. Yeah, definitely, I would go with like tall and thin first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, before you know, as far as looks go, and then add a wig. Right. Exactly. And make so, him the maybe not the boy hero of an entire other uh, you know universe of movies, but. Yeah, I wonder if he really jockeyed, like, he's also a big Weird Al guy, and he was like, I really, and like, well, I don't know, you don't really look like him. Right, right. I mean, that's that'd be cool. That'd be cool if he was so, they were like, I don't know about Radcliffe, and then he came in and he crushed the audition because he'd poured his heart and soul into it. Then I'm like, right. now I want to see it. <laughs> Let's hope that, yeah, everybody, myself included, were like, Robert Pattinson is Batman, Ugh. and then, you know, yeah, pretty good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pretty good. Although very emo, most emo Batman of all time. It's you know I, uh, I've 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 just I've only I have only soaked in everyone else's feedback. I've yet to actually see it myself. So it's on HBO Max. Again. You you it's, can watch it now. Oh, oh, did it just pop over on that? Is that mm-hmm. wow? This is you see not just news but media. I'm learning from the the field report. As I explained to the homeless cousin of a dear friend of mine, I know a lot of things. <laughs> You're proving it. <laughs> You're right. Right. Um, I'd be curious uh, at your take of this. So uh, over the weekend, uh, James Corden announced that he will be ending his run to the Late Late Show on CBS. Uh, and pursuing other endeavors uh, which is probably going to be doing more musical theater <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's just james's thing guys it's not being a comedian he's 
that was like one of the weird things. Uh, Craig Ferguson was definitely a stand-up. Um, James was not, but you know, he was a personality and CBS plucked him out of, I guess they had a, you know, uh, theater academy from the UK to the host of the Late Late Show. Right, exactly. Yeah, it just right, seems right, to exactly. be Brits, charming Brits. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no other details of, as as of uh, right now uh, as to the future of the Late Late Show. Um, but I mean, should CBS continue to do it? If they do, should who should they have as a host? I mean, um, but also like I wouldn't be surprised if they just stopped doing it. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, I have a skewed perspective, I guess, just like, you know, all of these late shows with them being the seat, being the opportunity for comedy people, friends mm-hmm. that we're friends of or fans of right. to get to do the capital letters of the late night set. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I kind of don't, I kind of lack a context for how much other people give a shit you know about but <laughs> yeah. he's you know he's got carpool karaoke and that uh, people seem to eat that up that's my thing do you think he's gonna have a carpool karaoke show to come after this do you think that do you think that's on the horizon i wouldn't be surprised if james corden does carpool karaoke the musical right yeah yeah right he i mean which is bitches. redundant because it is already a musical <laughs> i mean it's, it's as incredulous in like the way that they break into song and carpool karaoke is as ill-explained as when people break into a song in a real musical. Completely artificial. Like this is just yeah. happening now. Yeah. Oh, your song came on the re- Wow. Hey, it's uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, who um, uh, what do you think? Who do you think? Uh, for some reason, the first one I thought of was like again, she's been doing stuff at the yard and stuff, but I'm like Naomi Paragon. I'm it's like. Right. I don't know, like, um, I, I don't, I, I guess I'd be surprised if they completely stop it. I feel like once, right. once these things are rolling, it's like, well, we can just, con- you know, th- throw a couple, a new paint job on the studio, and, right. uh, uh, you know, we've already got a room. This is a writer's room. Why don't we just reuse it? You know, change right. the label. Well, I, uh, I think, first off, format-wise, if they continue to do it, they should get ditch the studio. I think like what late night should be now, like if you want to start a new late night show is it should be insomniac with a cool host. Mm. For those who don't remember insomniac with David tell uh, was a show on comedy central that was like, imagine if a late night talk show had no guests and was hanging out at a bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was kind of the vibe. Also, I always credit David Tell for creating the selfie, and he did it with a, you know, an instant camera that you actually had to take to a place to get developed, mm-hmm. which right, is right. even harder. You got it like each episode, he, right? He would take a photo. Yeah, with people. he knew the right distance with his arm and like how to point it at himself without even knowing what that was going to look like. Well, fair, but I think you do it once or twice, then you you could you could reuse that skill set. Yeah, but I mean, if you were to like just imagine who you thought would have invented the selfie, very true. You I feel like Lindsay Lohan to would, a, would come yeah, up yeah. or something. A gremlin like Dave, uh, like David Tell. No, yeah, who's just dressed all in black all the time. Why do you feel like that should be the? Why do you think that's the move for uh, for the late night shows now? 
I think what's most interesting to me in late night are real moments. And I feel like real moments most often happen during remote segments um, with real people. Mm -hmm. Like whether that's like guests involved with real people or not. I mean, is that sort of opinion skewed more because of me loving Conan? For sure. But I do think that like there are so many segments that uh, Conan has had over the years where the I guess the essential premise is like, Conan goes to a flower shop and like there's no other twist to it he just is a funny person and he makes that really engaging and fun and like you know as he started to do his travel specials and stuff like that I'm like why like get rid of the studio I like kind of just don't give a shit like I I only want to watch this part so Mm, why don't we did I mean there's such a um for me a transparent artifice of the late night format of, you know, this trotting out and doing topical jokes and having the band play you to the desk, doing desk pieces, having these panel interviews that like, you know, unless it's a really good guest and that can be a bunch of, I mean, you're kind of just like powering through or people telling these stories about how they had a weird flight or whatever. Right. And I'm like, is, this is supposed to get me to watch Multiverse of Madness. I mean, that's the point. Of the, what are we doing here, guys? Right, right, right. Well, it's like, it's like, so is it like at one, at what point did the show become secondary? And now it's just about, uh, we got to, you know, Paramount is paying us to put this guest on. So mm-hmm. let's build a show around the fact that we're getting paid to, you know, interview, um, you know, right. Toby, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. I I mean it's and then it's just like um yeah I mean it's like I guess it's like kind of comfort food if people if the format's known so there's that there's that kind of um familiarity you're kind of like I'll let him you know this is this is I'm used to this kind of person being in my living room like this but yeah it's it's um it's like I feel like the format's been falling down for a while right and and I and it's every couple of years so there's a new something and they're like. No, we're we're breaking the format, and you're like you you moved it, you moved it three percent, you know. Yeah. And for you, you quote unquote breaking it. Um, right. But it's like it's like you know it's 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 do we just throw out the idea altogether of what a what a late show is or what a mm-hmm. a like what is that even I mean what I mean what's it is it is it an interview show essentially so is it mm-hmm. just is it to go, does it become just the interview and like a podcast or is it like you know we've given a comedian we've given a somebody who's funny 30 minutes to an hour to just do whatever yeah which would essentially almost make it like quasi reality tv except that none of it's scripted yeah right and i I guess that's that's a good point there's that um there's that day of like day of-ness that that is something that makes it different from just you know, paying, paying somebody to do 16 half an hour slots. It's like, we shot this today. We broadcast it tonight. Yeah. yeah. So that does, that does, it does give new interesting kind of levels or limitations to what they can, they can do. The very actually, ironically enough, the very first episode of the late, late show with James Corden was kind of this, I think Ian Carmel, who's the head, the head writer and the sidekick, uh, pitched this idea and they did it as their first episode they just like went around the neighborhood near television city where they tape 
and they just knocked on doors and they were like hi i'm james gordon i'm hosting the late late show now and uh we'd love to shoot the episode in your home is that okay and like i don't know how long they had to do it maybe let's say a half hour but they made it seem longer and like they did their first episode at somebody's house like they set up and they brought like i think tom cruise was the guest and like that's funny just, okay yeah i yeah yeah that was cool and yeah. exciting yes for sure so i think there should be more latitude for that shit 100% it's the total side note that reminds that just reminded me of just the um quick tale of during pandemic i did the boulder fringe i did this mm-hmm. the, my my one hour show that i'd done at, at the at the edinburgh fringe mm-hmm. and it was on zoom but uh i had a cousin in boulder and boulder also had this thing where they were like people could submit their own porches or backyards as a venue for performance so oh, like wow. a ticket buyer could also be like i want to submit my porch so cool. <laughs> so so a couple of the shows i did standing on like a porch or right. in the backyard and it was like a clump of like you know, a family of seven and their one, their one single friend, and then I'd be performing it to them. And then also there'd be an iPad set up to record. And it was like, all right, this is, this is, uh, this is, this is pandemic performance. (laughs) That's wild, man. Yeah. That is wild. Sweet. So your solo show, Mm -hmm. like, how does that, well, I mean, I know how it works, but I wonder how it's you specifically, like, did you do it in a room and stage it? like you know like really meticulously or you know Mike Birbiglia he basically would do a lot of virtual comedy and he had three different cameras that he had somebody like cut in between and made it feel like you're watching a special on zoom Mm. interesting so you mean like how did how how was it how did I do it during how was it done during during those yeah how yeah how was it done yeah I mean you know the well the show itself I I definitely like it was I try to get it as stripped it itself was built in a very mm-hmm. stripped down way, not 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 prop heavy. I mean, I had Bluetooth speaker that I could control, so it wasn't like we had to have a tech person right. for. I have a song at the beginning, a song at the end of it. Um, but um, I, I'd say the I mean the oddest part of in that in that scenario because I did a couple of shows that were just just on Zoom, mm-hmm. and uh, and those were those were I mean they were they were fun, but the the weird part was how to handle the beats in the show where there was a gap or sort of like this is when the punchline happens and then you don't right. if there's not necessarily a laugh to respond to yeah um that was uh I was like how do i how do I deal with that and it's interesting because i was I'd done a class with this i did a zoom class with this clown who lives mm-hmm. out in off the coast of Maine on an island uh called Avner the eccentric yeah <laughs> someone had and he's incredible like he this is the best clowning class i've taken he was it was so good and really grounded and really he's he's awesome um mm-hmm. but someone had asked him that question they're like what do you do when you expect a laugh and it doesn't happen mm-hmm. and his his take was well one was this is when it came to i think the storytelling in the show he's like be interested not interesting like don't act like what i'm saying what you're saying is super interesting just be really invested in what you're saying and that will naturally draw us in um right. And the other thing was like for him, he was like the clown is always surprised by the laugh. The clown is never expecting a laugh, and if he gets a laugh, he's like, "Oh, that was funny, wasn't it?" And they're like, "Yeah, we're laughing." It's like, "Yeah, that was funny." It's like <laughs> responding, like letting it catch you off guard instead of it planning for it and 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 having it. So I think that like those are both 
helped me uh helped me kind of get through those ones where it was like this is when the punchline ends and now normally laugh would be here but there's no noises <laughs> uh, you know uh yeah. and then um and then for doing the couple on the portion stuff that was its own thing of like i'm performing half to the zoom lens but really it's like i'm trying to do, do the people themselves yeah at the same time so it was yeah. like keep keep my gestures towards mm -hmm. the camera but also like i, I can't help but i have to i want to make them laugh i want to the people here like it's wow. they're gonna naturally get it aimed at them more you know it's like when they shoot movies for non-3D and 3D at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Who am I doing this for? Uh, yeah. James Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to hear more about how you got roped into being co-manager at The Yard. <laughs> It feels like um, it's been more active since you've been brought on. For sure. So, um, yeah, I moved out here. I mean, I did the uh, Edinburgh Fringe in twenty in August twenty nineteen, and then in mm -hmm. November twenty nineteen, I moved out to LA. Wow! Wow! Under um, the wire. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. Right under it. Great timing. Um, and uh, I just was sort of like jumped right in. I was started doing classes with Idiot Workshop and I was started going around to kind of see the show, see what stand up was going on. I went to go see a show at the at our bar um, and uh, and Chris Walsh was on that. A couple of oh, friends, Sam Lang, Chris blam, Walsh. Blam. Yep, yep, exactly. Blam, yeah. blam. And um, great show. And uh, Chris was like, hey, I do a weekly. I'm doing a weekly at the yard uh, called Yard Apples. Come down. Mm -hmm. um, I head head down. I meet John, and he's he's just a barrel of barrel of love and energy, and just like right. wound up. You know, well, you're from Boston. Are you you're a Boston guy? And I'm like, well, I just lived there for like 10, 12. You're a Boston guy. Come on. <laughs> uh, just you know, just uh, he 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 wears you. He demolishes you with love. Like that's the uh -huh. John move. Is like is like yeah. it's a machine gun. It's a, it's a howitzer of 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 kindness. Right. And so he's so I was like, well, I'll come back. And the space is just sort of like it's really cool. I was like, this is really this is a cool place. There's not we're not right. doing not doing a ton, and there's so much grow. Uh, there's so much like potentials that could happen here. So mm -hmm. I remember we like we helped him out like get a mini fridge, and it was really like, wow, I really did a lot. I really helpful. I really got a mini fridge. Helped him get a mini <laughs> fridge off Craigslist. Right. Um, and like we were starting, um, uh, Jesse who I'd moved here with, she she started doing an open mic there like just mm -hmm. a couple weeks before everything shut down. Right. And um, uh, and so yeah, it was just sort of like, and then when pandemic hit, it was like we need somebody somebody to help answer emails. I, mean, I can answer emails, and mm -hmm. and at some point I was, you know, again like I mentioned with Megan there too, it was like at some point I was just answering all the emails. So I was like, I guess I'm managing now because mm -hmm. I'm <laughs> I'm the point of contact now for everyone yeah. involved, and and you know, uh, and um, so yeah, and then it was a process of sort of how do we get this place established as its own thing and not just like uh just a space that like john is paying rent on right um and uh and yeah i mean also it's almost like it was almost like a pandemic project like can we save the art i don't i'm not going out doing shows right sure i got time to you know let's figure out how to stream music shows or let's figure out right. you know what i mean let's get a playwriting class going on zoom or um mm -hmm. uh you know um 
whatever else. Like, let's set up a GoFundMe and all that. So, um, yeah, and it was like, you know, I remember like last, not this Christmas, but the one before, it was like right still in the midst of it. And it was really like a time sink and just like, uh, you know, uh, it was a lot. I was sort of like, I don't even know if this is going to, we're still here, we're still going, but we're not, mm-hmm. we're not doing anything. Right. Truly right, right. just. You know, this, we've been hanging out for 13 months where it's just an empty space. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so um, then finally, when things started easing up, vaccine comes comes along mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, we we just need to start doing stuff. And it was and it was a lot of like talking to different people and being like, you know, like there's a need. People are really looking for places to do stuff. Right. Places have shut down, like the lyrics kind of gone went away, had gone away at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had like, you know, hanging out, meeting, hanging out, meeting those people, like, mm-hmm. how do I go about this? Cause I'm not a, I'm not a venue managing type. I can, right. I have enough experience from just working day jobs my whole life of like, I can answer emails, but mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not a spreadsheets guy. I don't, I mean, I don't right. want to figure out how much, a wa- how much profit per water, if we get a 40 pack, you know, like that kind of stuff, the kind of stuff that matters, you know, for running mm-hmm. a theater. Um, and but I was like meeting people. I'm meeting with like Isaac Taylor, where he and I are having calls. Like me and Kate met up before, and we taught we were doing stuff a little bit before the oh, Elysian. Kate Bamford of the Elysian. Uh, yep, Kate Bamford. Mm-hmm. Yep, before the Elysian sort of sort of actually kind of coalesced. Like right. she and I were talking. She was doing a little bit bits and bits and pieces of stuff with the yard, and and then I was like just meeting other people. Like I had a Zoom with the guy um, uh, um, who used to run the Steve Allen Theater. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. On it. Yeah. Because I mean, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, because I was, I was just sort of like, this is a good you y'all are a good inspiration for what I feel like the direction of the yard with mm-hmm. just John and the and his gang doing stuff with these Steve Allen, them mm-hmm. doing weird interesting stuff, right, and just being kind of being a home for that kind of work. I was like, how did you, how did you go about booking people? Right. How did you manage volunteers? How did you get yeah. bigger names in? How did you, like yeah. all that kind of stuff? And um, he was super helpful. So. Um, in that September was like, I, I just reached out to people. I was like, let's get some monthlies going. Steve Hernandez. We started doing hernia. We, um, you know, um, evening uh, with good authors. night. Uh, yep. Night. Yep. Uh, evening with the authors. Um, good night with, uh, some clown folks, Will Duncan, Eli Leonard. Um, you know, um, uh, I hit, hit up Kristen Lundberg for that first couple months for doing her show, the, um, ice sculpture show. Uh, so just really just like just like let's get people in. I want to show that we're a place where this kind of work can start to happen again, and then slowly word spread, and then me and I met Isaac through Chad Damiani, uh, right after Isaac had moved here, and um, and truly just like just like the biggest um the biggest boon to have him come in for him him being at the place of, uh, you know done a bunch of performing stand up and character stuff, been working in venues all over the Midwest. And then just being like, he's got a family. He's sort of like, I just want to sort of move into helping run a venue and move doing less performing. And I was like in the opposite place of like, I want to do less of the venue managing so I can kind of get a damn right. night back so I can get back on stage. Right. Um, yeah. Man. Yeah. That's what the next thing I was going to ask you is because you are still a performer. And how are you balancing that out? You know, and do you feel like there's any conflict of interest? Conflict of interest? I mean, uh, I get uh, pegged uh, with not by really anybody, but other comedy journalists. 
Mm, like mm. the the idea that I report on comedy, but I also do it, they think is weird. <laughs> I got you. I mean, it, it's well, it's funny because yeah, because that's like my thing for years was it was. Uh, I mean, just the performing, or or like I was doing some some teaching and coaching mm -hmm. stuff, but back in Boston, and right. but um, no um, you know uh, no uh, not venue venue running, so um, it really took over the time. It took over the nights. Like I wasn't I wasn't able to do much comedy because it was just such a big push to get the place to keep it going, and and. You know everything from little stuff around the space to uh back end or like accounting or whatever whatever um but what i did and i think almost to to more than i had to i like i was i did not do shows at the art i did not perform at the art at all i i was really trying to have a very clean clean cleanly cleave my manager self from a performer self so i i did not i didn't i mean i just i mean two months ago after being there now for two years and change and running it like two months ago was the first, I just started a monthly show pizza moon, um, stand up show. So, and then I haven't like really hit up anyone who does shows there for spots. I'm even though I feel like that's, that's, that's not uncommon. I'm like, why do you think comedy store door guys work at the comedy store? Oh, to get yes. time, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, I think it's like, it took me a while to kind of give myself permission to to do that a to get the time and b to give myself permission right 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 um i feel, I feel that is there yeah. something you're working on that you're excited about um well i mean the sh well i'm excited to i'm back i'm back in doing classes again doing clown stuff um right. there's a character that i had back in boston called it's a gene jeans and the lord's comedian so it's a christian uh -huh. it's like this evangelical pastor guy and and uh i'm working on basically like i had an act i had a i had a set bunch of material that was the structure of that and it's very boston like it's written and i made sure the jokes worked but now being here it's like okay how do i actually just be this guy and yeah. be in the moment instead of just doing a routine you know right, right, right. um i think that's where the clown stuff is helpful um beats moon's cool the show the stand-up show we've been done a couple, couple months run now with our co-producers nick pupo and monique moreau and tom feeney right and um and I'm trying to, and I'm, and I've been working with a buddy on kind of turning the solo show um, into a pilot, like turning that into something that'll be, maybe you can turn into a, a show, like sort of make it a pilot and figure out a, mm -hmm. a, a couple seasons um, with a structure, like an outline, what right. that would look like. Um, but all that, I mean, and then it's just like, it just feels, it makes me so damn glad. Mm -hmm. to be at i feel so fortunate to be at a place like the yard where people can be doing stuff trying stuff and just actually have a space where you know it's it's uh i've always i've always uh, bought bought into the um you know uh places should be open opportunities for everyone but like john whether or not i even wanted him to i was inculcated off the top off jump with john and where he's the kind of guy it's like he will he will spend his last dollar that he actually doesn't have to help somebody do something, and his that attitude of like, uh, um, this is or like I mean like in his acting class like he's you know he's uh, he's he coaches big name people and then in his acting class people are walking by on the street and he's like come check this out why don't you come join why don't you come join us yes. I'll be like I've never spoken a word on anywhere near stage I'm like that doesn't matter just come join so this right. that sort of 
that that um like I just I just know that there's at the end of the day that's um that's never gonna steer me wrong. It's never gonna steer us wrong. Right. To right. that um um trying to delineate or trying to hierarchize. It's like that's that's a slippery slope. Yeah, it is. And I'll add that like John well, I only went to one performance, but I'm assuming he did it more than once where uh, at Book of Liz, he would come out at the end of the show and, he, and he's like, this is like a thing that we're doing where everybody in this cast plays every single role and we switch them out from night to night. And uh, look, if you are into this, we want you here and just, uh, you know, come on by for like what sounded like an acting open mic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for sure the class is uh like the Tuesday Thursday class it's 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 he's generally like like there's no anyone can come and doesn't have to pay. Right. If you get into it and you and you want to keep coming, then we'll talk how to you know support him and pay for the classes, but it's like right. tr- genuinely anybody who wants to come in or even if you're like hey, I don't want to act, but can you can you guys want to read the script for me? Like um wow. You know yeah, like he's 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 so open to that stuff again. Sometimes to his detriment. Of like I've had to like actively help do some stuff for him, like help him with get things in order for life stuff. But it's like because he's so deep into the being an artist thing and being an actor and right, right, right. Like it's uh that that openness. It's like it's like that that I think that infuses that's um really good way to summarize. I think what the yard wants to be and is um is that is that uh a place for a place for new stuff to happen and in a genuine way where it's like as a space it's really nice it's really it's a good good vibe but it's also like you can get 15 people in 20 people in it feels full you've got enough people there that you're not like i gotta sell out 200 seats or i feel like i'm not i lose all my money or i feel like i'm a failure you know even when ucb comes back Franklin, even with the when they before lockdown, like a year before lockdown, they changed all their seats and they um, went from a hundred to I think eighty something, mm. and like that's still gonna be like, you know, people are gonna be anxious when they do shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we can push with like with just the red seats. It's it's forty nine fifty with seats added. We get up to sixty five to seventy. Right. With standing room, we can push seventy to eighty, seventy-five, maybe. Right. Cool. So that's like they're all. It's all like, yeah. You get a hand. You get a couple good clumps, and you've got a show, and you've got a good amount of noise and response. And then when it's sold out, it's it's it feels crazy. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. It is. It is great. Uh, what is the most awkward trip to the bathroom that somebody has had during a show? Because the bathroom <laughs> is up a staircase that you have to walk through by the stage and everyone can see you. Yes. Yes. Which we're the problem now we're curtains are coming in to drape down. So unfortunately we'll lose that, lose that shtick, but it's the, well, we all we have it. It's there. Um, I mean, obviously, well, we did have a show where the performer had, well, actually the performer had gotten into an unclothed state for the, while well, the whole time the person was in the bathroom. So uh-huh. they went from going upstage, not knowing what <laughs> and then we all see them coming down the stairs, and right. we see also the naked person on the stage, and we're like, they don't know. So we're just we're already laughing. The person on stage is being like, what is they? Is it me? Are they must be? I must have done something. And then and then it's like this, 
this you know woman in heels like coming down the stairs and it's like (laughs) (laughs) so uh that's up there i'd say you know that's that's for sure um that's on the list yeah all right so what do you got coming up at the yard that you're really uh looking forward to i know you mentioned work in progress shows and uh maybe your own solo show yep yep find a find a find a spot spot find a spot for that Plot, yeah you guys yep. do splots i'll just i'll just do squatters rights and be like no my show is here um <laughs> splatters rights uh i mentioned this, uh skin tag gang uh-huh. is doing an open one off open mic one off one off yep yep okay. Okay. um uh that's next saturday the 14th um it's yeah. a hippodrome idiot workshop hippodrome is every third wednesday so that's this month on the 18th cool um eliza skinner is doing a, a show mm-hmm. um is, is Eliza monthly now? It was, yeah. We've got a couple. We've got her in, plugged in for a couple months. Yeah, that's for a monthly. Right. Um, and uh, let me see. Um, oh yeah, and then the uh, I mean, honestly, these bug house shows. This guy Gus Gus Viveros. Um, uh, awesome lineups. Like tonight's mm-hmm. Naomi Ekperigan, Ahmed Weinberg, Jack Knight. Um just strong just they've been they've been really they've been really good and, and we're getting right. a lot of people out right. um and then yeah the yard repertory the the acting repertory is doing a probably june mid-june um comic potential that's a play by alan ackborn and then we'll also be doing intermittent of the uh amy and david sedaris the book of liz too so that's great um, that's amazing yeah we're i mean we're excited for those and um let me see, Leroy. Again, some of these, some of the, you know, ever since the UCB kind of asteroid, you know, ever since the planet exploded, uh, now there's these sort of people, the groups floating out there. So it's been fun to have like convoys staying monthly. Yeah. Um, we're having Leroy come in. Um, they're yeah. doing another one. So, uh, yeah, just kind of um, finding stuff, plugging stuff in. Um, might be doing something with Red Bastard, the uh, Eric Davis. Oh, love that. Love so that. good. Yeah, yeah. That's so fun. Um, so, and then, yeah, we're doing I mean, screenings. Like, we just, yeah, this past weekend, we had this thing. Um, Max Fleischer, who did these, like, original cartoons, Betty Boop and Popeye and stuff. Um, just some guy from, this guy from rockingpins.com, Mauricio, reached out to us. He's been working with Max Fleischer's granddaughter, uh-huh. found the original prints, and remastered them. So they had, oh, it was like their premiere screening cool. of the original prints of these. Right. Um, and, that's uh, great. Yeah, and that one was sold out, and so um. Yeah, well, because the only other places you would ever see that in LA is like the New Beverly. Well, you wouldn't even New Beverly wouldn't even do that. They screen cartoons twice a month, I think, on Saturdays. Mm. But it's like Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. The only other place is Old Town Music Hall in El Segundo, mm. which is way out there. Mm. Uh, it is a really cool, like historic LA landmark. But my God, it is if you don't live on the West Side. I mean, you gotta be like liking to go out like I do. So yeah, yeah, right. There's a hall. Yeah, but that's really great. I'm glad that I mean that's truly like you guys run the gamut in terms of like what you guys put up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, comedy became this. Comedy's kind of at the definitely at the forefront of of our of our calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just kind of by dint of of my very familiarity and expertise, right. and then some of Isaac's, but. It's like this is, you know, there's there's a lot of, and that was also kind of a, a little bit of a Steve Allen thing of like, they would have puppet shows, they'd have, they'd have this and that, and and so I think with the screenings and, um, you know, uh, a big thing of the pre-pandemic thing was our the show down at the yard, so that was a lot of folk and vernacular music, and 
but there's this that whole kind of community that's sort of this it was like the yard the bob baker marionette theater um museum museum of jurassic technology um like they hang out at 1642 that bar filipino town like oh it's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, whole old-timey crew so mm -hmm. it's um you know we're trying to trying to keep those keep those going and keep you know keep the yard as a place where all kinds of people can can make stuff happen and and um and, and people yeah, can find it at theyardtheater.com mm -hmm. and at the yard theater on instagram uh yes. yeah that's that that's those are the those are the those are the biggies absolutely absolutely uh thank you so much for joining me brett thank you for having me absolutely Jake. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't scripted at all uh and me saying that makes it confirmed. you had a lilt you get however i wanted to mirror the lilt mirror the yeah i i get it very fun <laughs> uh i am jay kroger i create the comedy bureau you can find the comedy bureau at the comedy bureau.com at the comedy bureau on socials uh there's so many great causes to support this time an abortion phone would probably be pretty good uh, you know, actually a lot of shows that are happening right now are donating partial proceeds mm -hmm. to abortion funds across the country. And, uh, I, if you have money and generosity left over after donating to any of that, uh, go support the comedy bureau because I've been running it for a long, long time and I want to keep running it for a long, long time. Uh, do you have anything to say as we finally sign off here, Brett? Uh, the you mentioned the abortion rights thing, uh, hundred percent. Uh, this Sunday, Zippy's show at the yard will be all funds go to um supporting those organizations. Um, I don't know. I'm at I'm at what Brett? Throw my handle in there just for oh, yeah. just for oh, my yeah, yeah, writers. absolutely, man. You're the guest. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, that's all I had. Yeah, I didn't go to the theater and talk to the building. Just like pointing the mic at the at the actual door. <laughs> this is such a shitty podcast. Why don't I try to interview a building? That was such a weird... uh, comedy is happening. Please go out and enjoy it. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Grineo, artwork by Andrew Delman and KT, and part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.